We're working this year on a theme of living by the book. We believe that the Bible is the inspired Word of God. We believe it's the actual Word of God, and we're looking at different series about how to live by that book. This series that we're involved in right now is called Kingdom Living by the Book. We're actually going through the Sermon on the Mount and looking for different things that Jesus said about the kingdom. Uh, hopefully it gives us a little different perspective of the Sermon on the Mount than we've seen before. Uh, we started with key verse in Matthew chapter 6 and verse 33, where Jesus says what we're supposed to do if we're in the kingdom. We're supposed to seek the kingdom and seek kingdom righteousness. Now, we set the stage for that by pointing out this is the king explaining his kingdom. Now, this is not a list of good ideas or a list of suggestions or a man-made uh, list of how to live a good life. This is the king saying, here's what the kingdom's like. Now, the kingdom is different from the world that you live in. Now, we live in a kingdom that's ruled by the prince of darkness. And Jesus said, if you make the transition to my kingdom, if you follow me, if you become a disciple of mine, you things are different. Kingdom living is not like living in the world. So we talked about that first and then about righteousness for a couple of weeks. We saw the Pharisees' style of show-and-tell religion. They love to show off their religion. They like to do all their acts of righteousness just to be seen by men. And Jesus said, that's not the way it works in the kingdom. In fact, in the kingdom, you work for secrecy. You strive for anonymity where people don't know that you're doing acts of righteousness. Last time we talked about the circle of forgiveness, how in the kingdom we forgive. In the world, we hold grudges. We get revenge. We, we don't forgive or forget. But in the kingdom, things are different. There is a circle of forgiveness because we've been forgiven. We forgive others. And if we can't forgive others, if we don't forgive others, then Jesus knows that something's wrong with our heart. And that's the heart of the matter is the matter of a heart. He sees that there's something wrong there. If we can't forgive as much as we've been forgiven, we've got a kingdom problem. Today we're going to talk about to tell the truth. And remember, this is the king explaining the kingdom. He's talking about truth-telling now. Things are different in the kingdom. Our verse for this week is Matthew 5, verse 37. Part of what was just read for you. Simply let your yes be yes and your no, no. Anything beyond this comes from the evil one. Important little phrase there. We'll come back to that. James amplified this principle over in James 5.12. It sounds almost exactly like it. He said, above all, my brothers, do not swear, not by heaven or by earth or by anything else. Let your yes be yes and your no, no, or you'll be condemned. He changed the end just a little bit there. Jesus said, if you go beyond just saying yes is for yes and no for no, it's from the evil one. James said, if you can't just mean what you say, you're going to be condemned. That's kingdom living. Now, I imagine there's a number of different takes on what this actually means. 
in this room today. Some of you are pretty old school, probably. Well, some of you are just pretty old, but some of you are pretty old school. Uh, some of you are old enough to remember my grandmother. My grandmother was old school. Uh, Ida Mae Dunn was, Ida Mae Dunn Tandy was old school. Uh, it wasn't just her TV that was black and white. Uh, life was black and white. Uh, she wouldn't go to church without the head covering, with a little hat on the back of her head. She took that passage to mean that women ought to have their head covered. And that was fine. She was old school in a lot of things. Now, she wasn't pharisaical about it. She was a very quiet little woman. But some things were just not proper. Some things just weren't tolerated. And I remember clearly one episode at her house. I don't remember exactly my part. I remember I was a elementary school of some age. And I don't remember exactly what I said, but it was something I said. I said something like, my heavens or heavenly days or something like that. I don't remember exactly what I said, but I do remember her response. She said, Stephen... The Bible says, swear not by heaven or by earth. We don't use language like that. Now, was she right? Not exactly. Not exactly, but let's see why. Let's see what this is talking about. The third commandment is what started this problem that Jesus is dealing with. The third commandment in Exodus 20 and verse 7 in King James says, You shall not take the name of your Lord in vain, of the Lord your God in vain. You shall not take the name of the Lord your God in vain. Then NIV changes it just a little bit and says, You shall not misuse the name of the Lord your God. Now, when we hear that phrase, don't use God's name in vain, Most of us probably think the same thing. We think about uh, swearing and cursing, things like that. Uh, And a lot of kids have learned that. Ralphie learned what that meant. Uh, That's kind of old school. We probably need a little more soap in a few kids' mouths these days. Uh, But we've got to the point now, today, culture doesn't care. You understand that? Culture doesn't care about this. In fact, culture misuses the Lord's name so frequently that we've had to abbreviate it so we can say it faster. And everybody in here is familiar with that phrase. Some of you may text it occasionally. It just makes it easier, faster to misuse God's name. Now, exactly what's all this mean? Uh, this cartoon I thought was pretty accurate about the way we think about this sometimes. The little kid says, Grandpa, can I ask you something? He says, yeah. He says, what is heck? And Grandpa says, what is heck? And he says, uh-huh. And Grandpa says, well, heck is where people go who don't believe in gosh. Okay, now... We laugh because we understand the deal, don't we? Well, most of us understand the third commandment. Don't use God's name in vain. But we come up with all sorts of substitutes for it. 
Well, we come up with things that sound a little bit like it and sound a little bit like other bad words, and we use those and we think, well, that's probably all right. Cursing and swearing, they're wrong. You know, to use God's name in a, a flippant, carnal way is wrong. Now, you're going to have to decide what you think is an acceptable substitute, if you think there are any. But actually, the third commandment is about something else. Swearing and cursing are wrong. Don't get me wrong. But the third commandment is about oaths and vows, promises, and invoking God's name with that promise. When you say something like, with God as my witness, I'm telling you the truth. When you say something like, may God strike me dead if I'm not telling you the truth. When you say something, I will do this, I will tell the truth on this, so help me God. That's what this commandment is about. Now the Old Testament was full of vows and oaths. God swore oaths himself. He swore them by himself because that's all he could swear by. But there's a lot of vows and oaths in the Old Testament. But the third commandment said, when you take a vow or take an oath, you better take it seriously. You better take it very seriously. If you use the name of God, in that vow or in that oath, you better keep it. You better do what you said. You better be telling the truth. Don't use his name in vain. It means to say it and not mean it. Don't misuse his name. Say that I'm going to do something this serious by invoking the name of God and not really mean it. Yeah, that's what this commandment is about. Now, looked at it that way, you can cross my heart and hope to die, stick a needle in my eye. You can do that all day and not mean it. But if you invoke God's name, if you get him in your promise, if you get him in the vow, if you get him in the oath, you better keep it. You better be sure you're serious. Yeah, that's what that commandment was about. Now, I said that's what started this problem. Here's the problem. The Pharisees, you remember them? They had external rules. They loved to show off. They made sure every little detail was right. They had taken the third commandment and they had twisted it and added to it and complicated it and made it so confusing that nobody knew if you were swearing to tell the truth or not. Okay? Now, we're going to read what Jesus said to them in Matthew 23. Now, Matthew 23, if you're a Pharisee, you're going to have a hard old time in Matthew 23. It's headlined, The Seven Woes. And Jesus gets on the Pharisees. He just goes from one thing to another that they do wrong. He chews them up one side and down the other. And in verse 16... He starts one of the woes, and he said, Woe to you. You say, I'm going to read this fast so you just kind of get the, the imprint of it. He says, You say, if anyone swears by the temple, it means nothing. But if anyone swears by the gold of the temple, it's bound by his oath. 
You blind fools, which is greater, the gold or the temple that makes the gold sacred? You also say, if anyone swears by the altar, it means nothing. But if anyone swears by the gift on it, he is bound by his oath. You blind men, which is greater, the gift or the altar that makes the gift sacred? Therefore, he who swears by the altar swears by it and by everything on it. And he who swears by the temple swears by it and the one who dwells in it. And he who swears by heaven swears by God's throne and by the one who sits on it. What Jesus was telling the Pharisees is your list of rules and regulations that they'd come up with was so out of whack that nobody knew. And that's what they had devised was this system where nobody could tell whether you had your fingers crossed or not. Okay? They knew all the rules, and it all sounded good. Are you telling the truth, Mr. Pharisee? Oh, of course I am. I swear by the altar of the temple. Well, if you had their checkbook, you could go check down the list and, whoa, that doesn't mean anything. You don't have to keep your word if it's you're swearing by the altar. But, yes, I'm, I'm telling you the truth. I swear by the gold on the altar. Check the list. Oh, that means you've got to tell it. You got to be telling the truth. You see how silly that was? How confusing they got it? And they had a huge list of these things. It all started with swearing by the name of the Lord. Well, the Pharisees wanted more rules than that. They wanted to be sure that they got everybody right and them not wrong and on and on. So they just went off from there. All the third commandment says, don't, if you swear and include God's name, you got to keep it. They said, well, what if you swear by the throne of God? Is that the same or not? So they made a rule for it. Then off they went, and pretty soon they had this huge list of rules, and that was the problem. People could swear and sound like they were telling the truth, but they got their fingers crossed. They're saying, no, I don't really have to tell the truth. Okay, now, that's what all this means. Now that we understand it, let's apply it. Okay? We're going to go through some things and talk about applying what Jesus is saying here in the kingdom, in the kingdom living that we do today. Let me say this before we start getting basic and applying here. The basic rule is when you speak, tell the truth. I mean, I'd, I could summarize the whole sermon in that. When you speak, tell the truth. That doesn't mean that you've got to speak everything you know. It doesn't mean you've got to speak the whole truth at all times. It's hard to get through life like that. There's got to be a little tact involved. Not lying, but you don't have to tell everything you know. But when you do speak, if you're a Christian, if you're in the kingdom, you tell the truth. Now, I say that because we're not going to get into what's a little white lie and what's just politics and what's tactful and what's this or that. You can decide all that later. This is about when you speak, tell the truth. Now, we're going to get real basic here, but I beg you, don't tune me out. A lot of you at this point are thinking, well, this is just, I have a look at the headings here. This is just a lesson about telling the truth. I know about telling the truth. This is kind of a second grade sermon. 
Well, at one level, it is kind of a second grade sermon. When you speak, tell the truth. You know, that's not that hard. Uh, so, but let me go back to where this is. This is the king explaining the kingdom. This is about how things are different in the kingdom than they are in the world. So I think it behooves us to see, uh, try to apply some of this stuff. We are to seek his kingdom. We're to seek the righteousness of the kingdom. It is simple. But when we say, when we say, question whether we're living in the kingdom or not, this is one of the tests. This is the one of the things we got to look at. So let's go through just a few basics. And I want to start with how about swearing in court? Because the topic we're talking about that get asked a lot. We get a lot of know your Bible questions. People call in and say, can you swear in court? Can a Christian swear in court? Well, if you just read a few basic things, that's a good question. The court says you got to swear that you're going to tell the truth or you got to say, so help me God, or put your hand on a Bible or something. And the Bible, we just read it, it says don't swear. So can a Christian do that or not? Well, it's really a moot point because the state accommodates Christians and people that have an aversion to swearing. Uh, you may say, I affirm that I'm going to tell the truth. Uh, different states are different and different courts are different, I'm sure. But in general, uh, all government courts allow for something like that. So you can do that. And besides that, the perjury laws are covering you anyway. Now, if you don't tell the truth, you're in trouble. Uh, and you've got to say before you start, yeah, I'm going to tell the truth. Okay? So you can affirm that or swear it or whatever. But is it wrong for a Christian? Let me just show you two verses and you can decide for yourself. One is in Matthew chapter 26, and Jesus himself is in court, the Sanhedrin. The high priest said to him, Matthew 26, 63, I charge you under oath by the living God. Tell me if you are the Christ, the Son of God. That was a court. He was asking Jesus, raise your hand. And take an oath by the living God. Okay, this is the man who said, don't swear. But how did he answer the high priest? He said, yes, it is as you say. Okay. He told the truth under oath by the living God. Okay, let's look at one other one in Second uh, Corinthians. 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 23, if I can find it. Yes, Paul's writing to the church in Corinth, and he listen to what he says. I call God as my witness that it was in order to spare you that I did not return to Corinth. So Paul, in his writings to Corinth, he said, I call God as my witness. I'm telling you the truth on this. Okay, so Jesus and Paul are some examples of people that occasionally would take an oath or a vow to, to say that they were telling the truth. And I, I think Christians have got to balance it. Now, if this still bothers your conscience to swear in any way, you take it that literally and all that, that's fine. 
You can do that in court. You can affirm or whatever. But uh, I think Christians have got to decide that for themselves. But that would just kind of get that question out of the way. Now let's really apply this. Romans 13.7. Let's start with a hard one. Romans 13.7 says, if you owe taxes, pay taxes. If revenue, pay revenue. That's pretty clear. Christians pay their taxes. And we're talking about honesty here and about truthfulness. Christians don't cheat. Now, i got to admit this is a hard one. This is a tough one. There's some taxes that I gladly pay. Well, some things that the government does I gladly pay taxes for. But most or a lot of what the government does is so wasteful and so fraudulent and so stupid that I don't want to give them a penny. I don't want to. I would like to find a way out. I would like to cheat. I would like to not report some income if that was possible. And that is possible in the world, but not in the kingdom. In the kingdom, Christians tell the truth. In the kingdom, Christians pay taxes. Now, I'm not saying you have to be crazy about it. Take every legal deduction you can and be careful and and all of that. That's fine. But this is black and white, folks. This is kingdom living. We tell the truth. We pay our taxes. In all business dealings, let's talk about that for a moment. I put Deuteronomy 25 up there. Deuteronomy 25 is one of a number of passages where Jesus or God told the old Israelites about business dealings. Let me just read this quickly. He told the Israelites, Do not have two differing weights in your bag, one heavy, one light. Do not have two differing measures in your house, one large, one small. You must have accurate and honest weights and measures. Back then when everything was weighed out by scale and all that, if you had a lightweight and a heavyweight in your bag and you wanted a little more money out of some guy than another, you wanted to cheat this one, you'd drag out the wrong weight. God told the Israelites, he said, don't do that. You have honest weights and measures. You deal honestly with people. Okay, So in all business dealings, not only that old teaching, but if our yes is to be yes and our no is to be no and we're supposed to tell the truth and be honest about it, then in all business dealings, that's what we do. Now it's more complicated because we got contracts. I put a picture of a handshake up here, but handshakes don't work much anymore. There's all kinds of contracts and all kinds of tricky language in there and all that. A Christian is above board about those things. He deals fairly. He deals honestly. Why? Well, I could do a whole sermon about how that's best for business. About how you'll have better business and you'll be blessed and people will come back to patronize you and all of that. But that's not the answer. The answer is because that's the way it is in the kingdom. There's a kingdom living. Yeah, we get the blessings of it, but if you're in the kingdom, you tell the truth because you're one of the citizens of the kingdom. 
Now, in all business dealings, now, I'm going to go off track just a little bit here. Take a side road. This isn't exactly about telling, being truthful. This is more about the golden rule. But I want you to think about this. We have a lot of skilled people at Northside. We got electricians, we got plumbers, we got people with lawn services, we got doctors, we got all kinds of people here that do all kinds of things and make a living at it. Matthew seven twelve says, You treat people how? Like you want to be treated. Okay. If you're a small business person, if you're struggling to get by and make a buck, and you know what your hourly rate's gotta be to pay for all your equipment and everything else. Would you want somebody coming up to you and saying, hey, brother, I got this problem over at the house. You're in that field. Why don't you come fix it for me? Now, I know Christians help each other. I'm not saying we shouldn't help each other and all of that. But I'm saying to be truthful and to follow the golden rule, we ought to think about this. Don't abuse somebody else's generosity or their their gifts or their skills. Expect to pay what they deserve. That's how you'd want to be treated. They want to give you some kind of a deal, that's up to them. But don't expect it. I bring this up because I've seen Christians do that. They just look for somebody that's got some skill. Maybe I can get a bargain deal on this. Come over and rewire my whole house. Do $10,000 worth of work and I'll give him a piece of pie, man. That's a deal. I told you that was off the track a little bit, but I think it's part of being honest. Follow the golden rule. Okay, next one. Most of us are either an employee or an employer. If we're going to be an employee or an employer... How's this rule in the kingdom apply to us? Well, we tell the truth. We say yes, it means yes. When we say no, it means no. I, I was in the business world for a long time, folks, and I know that there's all, ex- all variations. At one extreme, there are some people that you can absolutely drop dead trust. If they say it, they mean it. It's true. Now, they may be mistaken, they may have some wrong info or something, but they're not lying to you. Okay? You may have to check something out to make sure, but they're not lying to you. At the other extreme are people that just lie for the fun of it. You know, you can't trust anything they say. Okay, and in between are people that, ah, you got to... I better check that. I I, I doubt that's true. I don't know if that's true or not. Christians ought to be over here at this extreme. If you say it, you can believe it. That's the kind of employees I love to have. When you didn't have to worry whether they were lying to you or not. You could count on it. You could take it to the bank. It was the truth as they understood it at least. And the other kind that you always had to doubt Hated to have those kind of employees. Jesus is saying if you're in the kingdom, you're also living in the world. And if you're in the world, you're going to be that kind of an employee that always tells the truth. And if you're a boss, you're going to do the same thing. You're going to tell people the truth. You're going to deal straight with them. 
You're not going to lie to it. Sometimes you can't tell everything. Sometimes things are contractually different or the plans that aren't in effect yet or something. If so, tell them. I just can't tell you that right now. But, but lying or, or all these variations of oaths and all of that that we, we talked about aren't appropriate for Christians. You young people, let's talk about school for just a little while. You young people have, as young as you are, you've got a chance to do what Jesus says here. Yeah. Every time you get a test at school, you have to take a test, you're taking two tests. One is about the material you studied, or were supposed to have studied. <laughs> one test is about that stuff, and one test is about your character. You're always getting two tests, and one of them is more important than the other one, if you're in the kingdom. When young people, young kids, want to be, or get to thinking about wanting to be baptized, one thing I ask them sometimes is, what would be different? What would you change if you were baptized? If you were baptized Sunday, what would be different on Monday? Okay, And if they hadn't thought through that, they don't know what that means. They're probably not old enough to be baptized. But I'll give you a hint. This is one thing that would change. The way you think about telling the truth and about cheating and about being honest and all that changes if you're in the kingdom. Now, most of our kids are raised in the right kind of house and they're taught right and they're taught to be honest and all that. So they, they tell the truth. They don't cheat because they don't want to be caught and all that. But in your kingdom, you tell the truth and don't cheat and be honest because you're in the kingdom. Finally, how about right here? Ephesians 4.25 says, therefore, each of you, Christians, each of you must put off falsehood and speak truthfully, for we are all members of one body. In the body, we speak the truth to each other. I don't think Elaine's here. If Elaine was here and I asked her about counseling people, Bill, if I ask you about counseling people, when a couple comes to you or two Christians come to you for counseling, how does it work if one of them's lying? It doesn't work. It messes everything up. Toby, the youth group, has, let me ask you this, has untruthfulness ever caused problems in the youth group. Somebody that says something that's not true about somebody else or about something, that caused problems. Causes huge problems. Elders, if I ask you, if you're dealing with a conflict or a dispute between a couple of church members or something, and you can't trust what one or both of them say. How easy is that? It's a mess, isn't it? Okay. That's where so many problems come from. And in the world, that's okay. 
That's what you got to do to get by in the world. If you're in the kingdom, though, you're living by different rules. In the kingdom, we deal truthfully with each other. We put off falsehood. We speak truthfully. For we're all members of one body. If we took this seriously, the body would function a whole lot better, wouldn't it? All right, there's some basic real-life kind of examples. The kingdom standard of truthfulness is really clear, folks. It's really simple. Let your yes be yes. Let your no be no. It's black and white. No questions about it. Next time, we're going to talk about judge not the world's favorite verse. Don't judge me. What's that really mean? We're going to see what Jesus said about that in the kingdom. So come back next week. Lesson is yours. If you're here today and need to respond to the Lord's invitation, we'd be happy to help you in any way we could. Let's stand and sing. If you need to come, come.